This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you once again. It's Thursday, it's the postseason, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are still alive. Yes, my goodness, I was saying it last week. Hey, I am was just all prepared for the season to be over at this point. Wanted the Steelers to go into Baltimore, take care of business, do their part, but I, I really didn't think that even though the numbers had lined up and I had shared those, you know, that the the Colts hadn't won in Jacksonville since 2014 and all those kind of things. I, I didn't want to get my hopes up that that would actually happen. And then my goodness, that was the thing that was actually the most not in doubt, most not in doubt. I don't think that's the right way to say it, but there was the, it was the least in doubt. There we go. Uh, with everything that went on in week 18 in order to put the Steelers there. I mean, the Steelers, it took them overtime to beat the Ravens. Remember, they were underdogs still. They were, what, three-and-a-half-point underdogs? That's more than just the home field advantage. They're saying, Vegas was saying that even on a neutral field, they would slightly have the Ravens without without Lamar Jackson uh, ahead of the Steelers. But the Steelers took care of business, got it done in overtime. Doesn't matter what that, how that all went down. Then... You had the Sunday night game, and boy, my my goodness, that was just, it seemed for the for a long time, all this one, you know, breathe easy, all those times, the whole next thing you know, the charges kept coming back. Oh, next thing you know, oh, it's fourth down. They hold him here, it's over. Boom, convert. Oh, it's fourth down. Hold him here, it's good. How many times did I say that throughout that game? My goodness, both in regulation and in overtime. But it was a close one, but doesn't matter. The three points went on the board in overtime, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are the seventh seed in the 2021 AFC Conference for the NFL playoffs. Now, for those of you that are saying, oh, it's the only reason they got in is because they expl- expanded the field. Don't care. Don't care. They knew it going into the season. Everyone's known it. They didn't. They knew it last year. That That's what it is. That's what you're fighting for. So what's interesting, I'm going to get into this before I get into last week's game, and that is... What were the Steelers supposed to do this season and what they actually did? So I'm going to do this little quick rundown just because it's fun. I have an article that I wrote. This is back in, oh, it was in May. The exact date was May 18th is when it was published. Okay. And what it was, was it was the Pittsburgh Steelers um, opening lines from each game in May. That's right, in May. That was when the Steelers still thought David DeCastro was going to be their starting right guard. You know, things like that. So you got to remember. But if you look back at in May, and to me, things didn't get better for the Steelers as time went on. 
I mean, they added Joe Schobert, but has he really been like, wow, what a difference he's made to this defense? I'm not saying that he hasn't helped or anything. That's something that we can break down in the offseason. But it's not like it wasn't like a Minka Fitzpatrick changing move. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, and yeah, they added Montrevis Adams or Montrevious Adams off of another team's practice squad, things like that. But if you go back and look, Look at this. This is where the Steelers were in May. All right? when you If you look at each game of whether they were favored or not, they were predicted to go, no joke, 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one because they had one game that was even. So therefore, we'll count that as a tie. And what's crazy is the Steelers, they did overperform that, 9-7-1. and one. But let's look at those games individually. Okay, Buffalo Bills, supposed to lose. They won. Las Vegas Raiders, supposed to win. They lost. Cincinnati Bengals, supposed to win. They lost. Green Bay Packers were supposed to lose, and they did. Denver Broncos was supposed to win. They did. Seattle Seahawks, they were supposed to win, and they did. At the Browns, supposed to lose. They won. Chicago Bears were supposed to win. They did. Detroit Lions was supposed to win. They tied. Los Angeles Chargers, supposed to lose, they did. Cincinnati Bengals, at Cincinnati, were supposed to win, they lost. At, um, uh, oh, sorry, home against the Ravens, supposed to lose, they won. At Minnesota, supposed to lose, they lost. Home against Tennessee, supposed to win that early in the season, and they did. At Kansas City, supposed to lose, they lost. Hosting the Browns, even. That was the game they were supposed to tie. They won. And at Baltimore, supposed to lose, they won. That's how it all worked out. Just so you know to put it out there, that it wasn't even that it played out the way it was supposed to. Not at all. I mean, I even enjoy going back, looking at at, at the games, how I, myself, and Jeff Hartman and Brian Anthony Davis predicted the games to go throughout the season. Like week one, Brian and Jeff both had wins. I had a loss. They won that game. We all had wins in week two. They lost. Brian had a loss in week three against the Bengals, where Jeff and I had wins, and they lost that game. Um, it, at Green Bay, Jeff had a loss. He had that one right. Brian and I both had wins. Okay, Home against Denver, we all had wins, and they won. Um, hosting Seattle, Brian and I both had losses where Jeff had a win and they won that game. Then, um, at Cleveland, Jeff and I both had a win when Brian had a loss. Okay. Against Chicago, we all had wins and they won against Detroit. We all had wins and they tied against the chargers. Brian and I had wins. Jeff had a loss and they lost. Okay. Against the Bengals, we all had wins and they lost. See, that's the big change with the Steelers season was how everything played out with Cincinnati. That's what really changed stuff up a lot. Um, home against Baltimore, Brian and I both had a loss. Jeff had the win and they won. Against the Vikings, both Jeff and I had them losing on a short week coming off the Ravens and having to travel, which they did. Okay. Against Tennessee, we actually all had them winning that game and they did. Um, against Kansas City, we all had them losing that game, which they did. Against the Browns, Brian had them losing that game. Jeff and I had them winning. And then the last week of the season 
Um, Jeff and I had them both losing to the Ravens because we thought it might not matter. Brian had them winning, which they did. Um, Brian and I had the Steelers, you know, as a, at a ever hopeful 11 and six and Jeff had them at a 12 and five. That's just kind of how, how we do things and think about it. The difference really was, of course, there was the tie where Mason Rudolph got thrown in to having to start finding out on Saturday, didn't even have the week of prep and all that stuff. Um, and they only tied the lines. And remember, Mason Rudolph didn't have the two fumbles in overtime that would have won the games. Um, but he could have done more throughout the game. Um, the big difference, basically, in the my projected record and what actually happened was the Bengals. You know, they didn't go 2-0 and against the Bengals. They went 0-2, and that was the difference. But it was still enough for this team to make the postseason. Sometimes it's nice to look back at how those things go, and I know I could have waited until after the season was over, but they made the postseason, and now's kind of the time to look at that. You know, but I, I was saying this um, on the Scobro show with my brother. I'm just be happy that the Steelers are there. That doesn't mean satisfied. There's a difference between being happy and being satisfied. Don't be satisfied that they just got there but be happy that they're there. So let's look at this game from this past week because there was lots of stuff to talk about. Steelers, once again, what do they keep doing? This is something I'm going to go back and look at and make sure that I'll probably do at least half a show on it in the offseason. Their record on games when they won the turnover margin because what do you know? They won the turnover margin, they won the game. They were plus two. They had one interception, um, had a fumble recovery and an interception. Steelers had three sacks. They're still waiting as of right now when I'm recording this to hear a word if they'll change it to where they get a fourth where TJ Watt gets another. I laid that out on on as a point counterpoint article on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. But I was the only one who wrote it. I argued both sides. I was you know, doing what I do a lot of times to try to argue what was happening. And some people are like, oh, you gave up at the end. No, I didn't give up one side. I was like, you could keep saying all you want. This is what it is. This is what the NFL is probably going to do. And as much as I thought I laid out a great case, I don't think that case will be presented in front of the NFL when I think they're just going to say no. But anyway, TJ Watt still at least has the uh, is tied for the single season record since 1982 when, when sacks became an official individual statistic. So moving on. 80, I say 82, 82, 83, one of those years. I, one of, I get that and the strike here all mixed up. I was five. I mean, what did I know? Um, the, the Steelers only gave up two quarterback hits the whole game with Ben Roethlisberger back there, dropping back to pass, dropping back at least 45 times. He did get sacked once, but 45 times getting dropping back and only getting hit twice. Yeah, a lot of times they were throwing the ball quick, but not always. Um, so. Bottom line is that was something that they did and did did pretty well in the game. Um, I talked about Ga- uh, Ben Roethlisberger's 57 game-winning drives in either regulation or overtime, and that includes the postseason. It moved him out of a tie. I think it was with Rivers and Brady. Not Brady. Rivers and Manning. He's only behind Tom Brady, U.S. 67. Um, don't think he's catching that one. Uh, also talked about how in the Steelers' overtime, they were two for three on third downs, and when they didn't convert the one third down, they converted the fourth down. Big plays. 14-yard pass to Pat, to Pat Faramuth. 11-yard pass to Deontay Johnson, which wasn't, wasn't even past the sticks. I know some people throw a fit that the Steelers don't throw the ball past the sticks enough. 
I understand enough, but it's not that teams don't also do what the Steelers did on that play with Deontay Johnson, where they're trying to, where they get the ball to the receiver running towards the sticks is what you want to do more often than not. But the Steelers still have too many times where they're behind the line of scrimmage and they're not moving forward when they catch it. Um, so I also understand the criticism there. See, I can argue both sides of an argument. You like that? Okay. So, and then of course there was the big 10 yard conversion to Ray Ray McLeod. Um, that put them in field goal range. You add the 15-yard run to Najee Harris right after that um, on a play that, you know, Chase Claypool just kind of hanging out out there. Then when he sees Najee bounces to the outside, he comes in and blocks, boom. Much easier field goal. Uh, Steelers gave up 249 rushing yards. That was the most of the season. And there's actually a Steelers vertex today, Thursday, that's going to be published uh, that Jeffrey Benedict and I do breaking down the Steelers rushing yards. Because the thing that's crazy is it's not like other games where the Steelers gave up 200 yards, where every time the other team got the ball on a handoff, they were, they were going for, you know, five to 12 yards. That's not what happened this time. The Steelers gave up a number of big rushing plays. And but they also had a lot of plays, even more plays than what they gave up, that they really did a great job stopping the run. It just wasn't consistent enough across the board. You, if you're interested in that, make sure you check out that Vertex article. Uh, it should be a good one. Um, loved how the how the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger spread the ball around six different receivers. They all had at least you know it was between four and seven catches for all of them. Um, no one had more than, than 53 yards. Everyone was between 27 and 53 yards. So they were really, you know, really spread around a little bit more even there. Talked about the punting woes a little bit. And with Presley Harvin, yeah, he only had a 37.3 uh, gross punting average. But that was also the same as his net punting average. You have to remember, he didn't allow any returns. And you could say, well, maybe he kicked it so bad he, they didn't return it. That could be true as well. But it all goes down to the yardage in all because the former Pro Bowl punter in Sam Hawk for um, the Ravens, he only averaged 38.3, one more yard in gross punting. But in net punting, he was less with 34.1 because the Steelers had 29 punt return yards. So both players shanked a punt. It was windy. It was rainy. It was nasty. It was cold. Um, so yeah, big press did not come through, but you got to look at it when there's a guy on the other sideline that he's pretty good too. And he was struggling as well. Maybe it was just what was going on in that stadium. Too bad he couldn't win that battle, but he definitely didn't lose it. Um, Steelers, they got their four NFC North wins by sweeping the Ravens and Browns. That's pretty nice. But as I said before, it was those games against the Bengals that really changed a lot how their season went. But uh, I don't I don't think a lot of people expected that to be the way it was. And of course, the Steelers got their one win to give them enough to get them in the postseason, one postseason berth. Yay. One other thing is the number six is that the is that the Steelers gave the Ravens their sixth straight loss to end the season. And not only did they give them that loss. They started the losing streak. The Ravens went into Pittsburgh, didn't convert on that two-point conversion. That was the game that started their six-game losing streak. The Steelers started it and finished it off to, to end the season. That was pretty great. Now, I have one other thing that, uh, that I want to bring up because it was a question that was asked to me, believe it or not, in the live chat of the Scobro show, uh, the 
uh, what night on Tuesday night, I had to make sure I got that right on Tuesday. Night. If you didn't get to check out that, uh, check out that show, make sure you, you could always go back and, and check that out. It's on our, um, on our, well, it's on YouTube, but it's also on any of our podcasts, anywhere where you, where you're hearing this podcast, you can, you can look it up and there it is. But the question was this, and it was by Sean Manahan. And he says, Dave, when's the last time a team had a winning record? made the playoffs and had a negative point differential as high as our Steelers do. And I'm like, that's a good question. Now, the thing is that he did throw in that they had a winning record because the worst point differential, um, this goes back to the merger. This goes back all the way to 1970. The worst point differential of any team to make the playoffs is actually from 2010, the Seattle Seahawks, when they were seven and nine and made the playoffs because they I'm pretty sure that's because they won their division. They had a, they were at minus 97, minus 97, but they didn't have a winning record. The next worst was the next year in 2011, those eight and eight Denver Broncos. We don't want to talk about that. And they're, um, and they're minus 81 point differential on, on the season. So still not quite hitting the criteria. Okay. Then you go to 2000. So I'm just going in order of the ones that were, that are worse than what the Steelers were this year. Then you look at the, and these are the ones before this year. So I'll tell you that I've got to stipulate that before this year, 2004, the, the, the St. Louis Rams, they were also eight and eight had a minus 73 point differential, but they still didn't have a winning record. If you want to know going into this season, the team that had the highest, or sorry, the worst point differential, meaning the most negative point differential, but had a winning record, it would be the 1989 Pittsburgh Steelers at minus 61. And that team went into Houston and beat the, the Oilers in the wild card round, in their first round of the playoffs. And if you're interested more in that, uh, we just republished a retro show podcast on Wednesday because uh, one of our regular podcasters, Jeremy Betts was sick and wasn't able to do his fantasy football fix. So we filled it in with one, with an appropriate retro show and it's that game and it's that game against the Oilers. So go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, and then just so you know, I'm, I'm throwing this in here to round it out was in 2017, the Buffalo bills were nine and seven and they were minus 57. And the reason that I throw that in there is because of what the Steelers were this year. The Steelers were minus 55 in the point differential, um, according to Pro Football Reference. Minus 55. So if you want to know where that puts them all time, that puts them, actually it puts them eighth. Okay, because it puts them below Buffalo and ahead of the 1998 Arizona Cardinals, who are at minus 53. So... That's interesting, but there's one other thing that I'm that, that's missing. The Steelers weren't the they're not the worst team with that to answer that question in 2021. That's right. There was another team who finished with a winning record and had a worse point differential than the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was 10 points worse. The Steelers were at minus 55, but at minus 65. Were were the ten and seven Las Vegas Raiders, who yes kicked their way into the postseason, putting Pittsburgh in there as well by the by them actually winning. But even with those extra three points, they were at minus sixty five. So it, 
Do you want to know when the last time it was? Um, it wasn't even this year for the Steelers because somebody was worse. So I thought I'd throw that out there, answer that question. We'll be back after this short break. We're going to look at uh, the offense and the defense, uh, some trends going with the Steelers. Uh, going against and, and teams that have gone up against the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, who really needs to step up more for the Steelers? Is it the offense that has to make sure that they do their part to win? Is it the defense? We're going to do it numbers-wise. And then, of course, we'll do our, our breakdown that we always do uh, comparing these two teams. And now it's their season number. So stick around, and we'll be right back. When my It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to Steelers Stat Geek is by the Steel Curtain Editor Dave Schofield. Here with you to dive into this matchup with the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, the biggest number here is 12 and a half. The Steelers right now, they're 12 and a half point underdogs in Kansas City. That's more than what they were when they were there earlier this season, simply because of you know how that turned out and everything else. But you know what? I keep reminding all you got to do is is get there. You got to get to the postseason, then anything can happen. Coach Tomlin did a great job of kind of bringing this up on Tuesday, say when he was talking about Kansas City special teams. Yeah, they can do this, they can do that. But when it comes to special teams, we can't afford to be giving them splash, splash plays. We've got to have the splash plays if we're going to win this game. And the other thing he said, we can't afford to give them three short fields where they score 17 points. We need to be creating three short fields so we can score the points. That's what it's going to take to win a game like this when you're that big of an underdog. But let's look at these some of these numbers, what I, which I find very, very intriguing to say, okay, what do the Steelers need to do? What numbers? And now is this an offensive thing or is this a defensive thing? And what's interesting is it's actually really both. There's two different key numbers here that we can look at with both the Steelers and the Chiefs that I'm going to outline. So let's look at let's look at the Steelers' defense first and what they need to do. If you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and you look at their games going all the way back to Week 10 when they played the Lions, if you look at the number of points scored against the Steelers, it tells the tale completely. When a team scores under 20 points against the Steelers, Steelers win. Or tie. Got to throw that in there with the lines. The Steelers don't lose. <laughs> we'll say it that way. Okay, the Steelers don't lose. I mean, they gave up 16 against Detroit. They gave up 19 to the Ravens. They gave up 13 to the Titans. They gave up 14 to the Browns. They gave up 13 to the Ravens again. All of those were wins. But 
in their losses, they gave up more than 35 points going back to week 10. Whoa, what a discrepancy. That's a 15-point difference. There's a range in there from 20 to 35. So that's a 16-point range, really, because including 20 and including 35, that the Steelers just haven't given up. They either have been under 20 or over 35. They gave up 41 to the Chargers, 41 to the Bengals, 36 to the Vikings, 36 to the Chiefs. There's their four losses since week 10. They've all been 36 points or greater, more than 35 points. So if the Steelers' defense can keep the Kansas City Chiefs down. Now, here's the thing. Do they need to keep them under 20 or do they need to keep them under 35? It's a great question. You know what would be even better? I say I say split the difference since you've got that big range in there. So I'm saying 27. If they can hold the Kansas City Chiefs to 27 points, you're looking at a, you're looking at an interesting game. Um you know, 26, 27, somewhere around there. But now let's look at it from the offensive side based on what the Chiefs have been doing. If you look at the Chiefs, now, now what's crazy with them is that they have actually won. They had an eight-game winning streak going on. They won nine of their last 10 games this season. And going back, so for them, it goes all the way back to week eight. Week seven was their bad loss. They only gave up 27 points, but they only scored three against the Tennessee Titans. That was the game that was like, ooh. But if you go back to week 10, which was the same week we went back to with the Steelers, that's when things really woke up against them. That, that, you know, they really woke up. I mean, two weeks before they beat the Giants 20 to 17. I mean, they barely scraped by to beat the Giants. Then they beat the Packers, who, you know, they're the number one seed in the NFC. They beat them 13 to seven. Okay. Then against the Raiders, when the offense started to wake up a little bit more, but it was really about the defense. The only game that the Chiefs have lost since week eight was a game in which they surrendered 34 points. So in other words, if they give up, if a team scores, my goodness, all they had to do in all that time was score. I mean, even even when teams scored 28 points, they lost. But a team scored 34 points and they won. So it was under, if if the Chiefs held a team to 28 points or under, they won. But But if a team got over 30 on them, they lost. Steelers haven't done that this year. The Steelers have only gone over 30 points one time all season, and that was in a loss to the Chargers. Okay, they, I mean, their their next highest total was another loss to the Vikings with 28. Oh, sorry, that was their third most. They had the 29 points in the win over the Bears. Okay, so yeah, so look at that. The only time that they scored 28 or more points three times all season, and two of them were losses. So what ultimately needs to happen is the is it about the Steelers' defense holding the Chiefs, or is it about the Steelers' offense doing more than they've been doing? And the answer is yes, it's both. Absolutely, it has to be both. In order for the Steelers to come out and win this game in Kansas City, they're going to have to get more. You know, they're going to have to get a performance from their defense like they did in these other wins. You know. I say against the Ravens, but as I said, they gave up almost 250 yards rushing. They just didn't give up points. You know, they only gave up 13 points. Um, So, you know, 
so it's not necessarily about the yards, but really about the points. They're going to need what they did points-wise against the Ravens, the Browns, the Titans, okay? The Ravens, again, those types of performances where they were keeping teams under 20 points, don't know that it'll be under 20, but you definitely need to hold them down. But then they also need to overperform what the, the kind of points they've been scoring like 16 points in a win to the Ravens, 26 points in a win to the Browns. I don't know that 26 would be enough to get it done, even if the defense has a really good, a really good game. That that's going to be close. You know, only they only scored 10 against the Chiefs the last time. They scored 19 against Tennessee to win the game at home. They're going to need to do more than that. So it's going to take something from both sides. And that also includes whew, since week one. When's the last time the Steelers had a score that wasn't on offense? You know, I can't, I don't know that they had a defensive touchdown all season. I can't remember one. All I remember is the punt block against the Bills. So interesting enough, you know, someone will probably come in and correct me about something that I just completely forgot about this season, but that that's okay. That's the kind of play that they're going to need against Kansas City. And the problem is that's why people might not want to go out and pick the Steelers. I mean, I'm going to be hesitant with that as well, because what they need to win the game is something that's a little bit more than what you've seen all season. And it's going to be everything coming together at one time, which we haven't seen much this season. Believe it or not, everything coming together at one time, the closest thing we saw to that was against the Browns, in my opinion, um, on Monday night. So let's go ahead and break down where these two teams ranked in order to finish things up here um, because we're getting close to the end. But that's really what you need. Everybody's got to step up. It's going to take a, a, a better it, – it's not one of those matchups, hey, if the defense can go out there and do their thing, the Steelers will win this game. Even if the defense goes out there and and does a great job against the Chiefs, it's probably not going to be enough. Even if the offense goes out there and starts putting up points, just them doing that, not going to be enough. It's going to take both. So here we go. The numbers here aren't good for the Steelers. You look at some of these numbers and you're like, how did this team make the postseason? So, so here we go. Let's break it down. Kansas City, let's go offense. My goodness. They were third in the NFL when in, in total offense, which is yards at almost 400 yards a game, 396.8, where the Steelers were 23rd at 315.4. In points scored, the the Sorry, the Chiefs were fourth with 28.2 points per game. The Steelers were 21st with 20.2 points a game. You look at the rush offense. This was the thing that wasn't as good for the Chiefs. They were just average. They were only 16th in the NFL with 115 yards a game. But that's still much better than the Steelers, who were 29th with 93.1 yards per game. And then you look at the passing, passing yards. Chiefs were fourth in the league at 281.8 yards per game. And the Steelers were 15th at 222.2 yards per game. Ooh, okay. The Chiefs also, they didn't get sacked that much this season. 28 sacks surrendered on the year. That was tied for third best, where the Steelers were 38 sacks. That was tied for 16th, middle of the road. When it came to turnovers, the Steelers were better in this department. They had 20 turnovers this year that was tied for 10th, where the Chiefs had 25 turnovers, which was tied for 23rd, but a lot of those turnovers were early in the season. So let's look at the defense, see if things get any better. Unfortunately, they they don't, but they do. Because here's what's 
Let me just explain it to you. This is how it's so crazy. The Chiefs overall defense yards, not as good as the Steelers. They give up 368.9. That's 27th, where the Steelers give up 361.1, which is 24th. Okay. So there, Steelers have a better defense there. Then you talk about points. The Steelers overachieve a little bit based on their yardage because instead of 24th, they're 20th in the league, giving up 23.4 points. But the Chiefs completely overachieve at 21.4 points, which has them eighth in the NFL. That's right. The Chiefs, believe it or not, are eighth in the NFL when you talk about points surrendered. You know, that's that that really kind of blows my mind because of the, I mean, to be 27th in yards, but eighth in points, that's a huge discrepancy. But what's more important? The points. So that's why it's concerning. All right. Then you have the rush defense. You've got um, the Chiefs kept it under 2,000 for the season at, at 1,999 yards in the season, which averages uh, 117.6 yards. They were 21st in the NFL, where the Steelers, yikes, 146.1, dead last, 32nd in the NFL um, in defending the run. And that's when they were 10. They were number 10 in the league going into the bye. Yikes. Um, then you talk about passing yards chiefs. This is where they're down. They're 27th in the NFL against the pass, 251.4 where the Steelers, they're ninth against the pass, which is 215.1. So we'll have to see what happens with this passing game. And if, and if they have all their weapons for Kansas city and how it's going to work out, but here's, here's another tale who forces more turnovers. That would be the Kansas City defense. They forced 29. They were tied for fifth in the NFL, where the Steelers forced 22, where they were tied for 14th. But on the other side, let's look at the sacks. Chiefs, 31 on the season, 29, or sorry, 29th in the league. Think of this. T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward, just the two of them, had more sacks than the entire Kansas City defense. Well, it gets a little closer if you count Melvin Ingram's sack that he took with him, but we're not. He has to do it as a chief. All right, and then, of course, uh, the Steelers with their 55 sacks for the season, that would be first in the NFL. So that's the breakdown. The numbers don't – it's not like the Steelers have great defensive numbers going up against Kansas City's offense. They do have numbers other than point surrendered that's, that's better than the Chiefs, like in yardage and in, and in passing yardage, but they don't in, in run defense and in points. Um, but then of course, in the offense, it's just, it's, we know what Kansas city's offense is. So the Steelers, they, they've got to go out. They've, they've got to make some splash plays, but you know what? They're supposed to lose this game by double digits. So go out there, take it to them. As a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I feel much better going into games that the Steelers aren't supposed to win than I am in ones they are supposed to win. Just because I just feel that sometimes the team goes into it with a different mentality. They've been to Kansas City. It didn't work out well. They had a bad taste in their mouth. This is a chance for them to come back and do better. All I would like more than anything when I come back to talk to you next Thursday is to say, boy, what a game. The Steelers were in it in the fourth quarter with X amount of time left and it was still in doubt what was going to happen and they had themselves a chance. That's what I'm looking for. I want to see the Steelers have a chance to pull this out in the end. We'll see how it all plays out. 
I'm just really happy. My favorite number, I said one from from the first half of the show. You know, they got one win last week. They got one playoff berth. I like the number one here, and I kind of mentioned this on, on the Scobro show. One less week of an offseason because the Steelers get to play this week. One less week of that really long six months plus offseason that we have to have until the Steelers are back and doing what they do. I I know a lot of people like the offseason stuff. They like to they like to look at the draft. They like to look at free agency. Like it. I mean, that's stuff that keeps you going. But to me, that stuff's just talking points about ultimately what is this all about? The Pittsburgh Steelers playing football on the field. And that's what I want, and I get one more chance at least to do that, at least one more chance to see someone wearing a number seven jersey in a game for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and even better, in a playoff game. So make sure you're checking out our entire family of podcasts. We will still be churning everything out um, when the season is done. Hopefully we come back next week and we're not talking about the season being done. We're talking about, once again, we're going to talk about the unthinkable happening. I can't believe that such a big upset happened and the Steelers were in the playoffs is what we said today. And hopefully maybe next week we can come back and say, I can't believe such a big upset happened and the Steelers are still going. Who knows? You know, upsets happen. That's why they play the games. All right. So make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure you have your terrible towels Sunday night. Take it all in. Enjoy the chance to watch the Steelers play again. So that's what you need to do more than that's more important than the numbers or anything else. Enjoy the opportunity to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers. So thanks for listening as normal. And as I always say, thanks for keeping up.